Hello everybody and welcome to the show. I'm your host Jeremy. The only time is right now. So thank you for using your right now by being here with me. Enjoy the show. What is up, everybody? How are we doing? I am so excited for this episode. We have my friend and entrepreneur, Jim Horning, on the show. And listen, we had a little bit of a competition. Okay, we had a best voice competition. So I'm going to need you to exercise some loyalty and vote for yours truly. (laughs) Totally kidding. But uh, yeah, so happy to have Jim on the show. He is a leadership and accountability mentor, keynote speaker, and ethical sales specialist. And I just love all of those things. So don't miss a minute of this episode. It's a gem. Let's just dive right in. Here is Jim. Enjoy. Joining the show today is my friend and entrepreneur, Jim Horning. Jim, thank you so much for being here. It's great to be here. Thank you. Uh, yes, yes. I'm so excited for this long time coming. For my listeners out there, we're going to be competing for the best voice, so just be be on the lookout for that. I I'm, I'm might have to concede to Jim, but that's okay. We'll let you decide, right? <laughs> I don't know that it's a might, and we can call it a competition. That's good. It's good for the ego. Good for the ego. So so Jim and I actually met uh, working for Dean Graziosi and Tony Robbins at mastermind.com on the sales team there, and we just struck up a friendship since then, and It's just been such a blessing getting to know you, Jim, and I'm grateful that we're here today doing this episode together. Yeah, likewise. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited as well. So working at Mastermind was was a treat because we got to understand the knowledge industry more. And I don't know about you, but I'm a personal development junkie. So I was drinking the Kool-Aid pretty much from the get-go, guzzling the Kool-Aid, mainlining the Kool-Aid. Um, but now we're off on a, doing our own thing, and it's it's super mm-hmm. exciting to see where you're headed and I'm headed. And uh, yeah, would uh, would love to hear a little bit more about your background, kind of how you got into this space, into accountability coaching, into just sales strategy and all that, if you don't mind sharing with the listeners. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long journey. You know, I always joke, I'm old. Uh, but but with with age comes the ability to um, to experience the highs and lows repeatedly, uh, and sales is really a lot about that. Uh, I joined in uh, on the sales side when I was working as a firefighter paramedic. You had twenty four hours on, forty eight hours off. What do you do at the forty eight? And I'm not a go fishing and not do anything kind of person. Um, so I started a business and I'd grown up in the fitness realm uh, with uh, you know father who was into fitness brothers who were into fitness so that's how i entered the sales arena and didn't know what i was doing at all um, didn't really understand connections and things and um, but grew and, and learned in that process eventually ran my own company i've done a lot of different kind of sales so what what led me to accountability uh, and mentorship is the sheer lack of it on a Mm. sales team Mm. right and for myself like when when did i really suffer as a team member it's when the accountability was waning or i felt like there you know i was i was a lone wolf which often on the sales side we 
we revel in that. Oh, I get to like make my own schedule and do my own thing when really I was longing for some type of structure right. and some type of accountability. And especially in leadership, because there's a, a real lack of leaders being open with what they need because they don't want it to come across as weakness. Right. Or, you know, you know, not having a clue about what to do. So I better keep it to myself. And that's that's the short version of of how I ended up doing what I'm doing now in helping leaders and teams with accountability and uh, mentoring. And then what came as an outflow to that is those same companies or leaders said, well, hey, our clients need accountability. Will you help them? Um, and so I do that as well, but the main focus is for leaders. And I love that. And something you said I resonate deeply with, and that's like having the courage to ask for support because being a leader, like you're a leader. I've no, I've known that since I've met you, uh, you've taken on like a, like an indirect leadership role at mastermind. And now you're off doing it again for yourself. Um, is these leaders, like you said, they have this lone wolf mentality. Mm -hmm. Most do, I should, you know, I don't want to generalize, but like, they mm -hmm. don't want to ask for support like that weakness angle and knowing that we don't have to do it alone and it's okay. Yeah. And it, it's necessary. Like community is what we're all about anyway. I mean, look at the, the, just the nature of connecting with a prospect is creating community. Right. You know, one, one of our, you and I share a, a mentor, uh, in a great man, uh, Adam Stein, uh, and one of the biggest things that I learned was that what I thought was good discovery, what I thought was an excellent skill at listening to others was really deficient. I needed to, I needed to hone that skill better mm -hmm. because by really listening, I'm creating community, right? And right. community builds trust. And hence now sales is really right. Trust, getting somebody to trust me so that they can trust the solution is accurate. And, and of course I can like segue into all the different spokes on that wheel, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, um, you know, it's community. And so leaders need it too, right? If yeah. our prospects need it, our prospects tend to be leaders. So the leadership, um, you know, they, they need community. They got to know they're not alone. Absolutely. And it's interesting you brought up, uh, like the listening aspect because, um, I was resistant for sales like doing sales for a long time and doing this podcast was a stretch for me in and of itself because I love to talk. <laughs> so I get to interview people and actually listen and create a connection and let my listeners like feel that connection. Like, Hey, we're having a, an, an amazing, like genuine conversation right now. How can we connect in a short amount of time? And that's right. what it's really all about, right? Establishing that rapport, establishing that connecting connection in like 30 minutes to an hour and guiding that person to a decision, right? Right. Whether that's to join you or not join you, like whether you decide now or decide later, it's, it's, it's important that you decide. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I love what you just said about whether you join now or not join now. And I would go a step further and say, whether you join or don't join. Yeah. Right. Because that, you know, at all and real discovery is being willing to recognize when someone isn't the right fit or you don't have the best solution for them and being okay with that, 
right? Because now you, you really are serving and that's important and that's tough in a KPI driven world, which is, which is often a sticking point when I'm working with leaders is all right. I understand we got to hit, you know, key metrics. I get it. Yeah. But that can't be the goal because if that's the goal, eventually you won't hit key metrics and you're going to have high turnover and et cetera, et cetera. So we have to make sure that in forming that community in really listening to people, we're truly offering them a solution that they, that they need. Now we're able to overcome all the objections because we really believe we have the solution. And I I believe that's the core of of an excellent sales process right there. Techniques are awesome. Strategy skills are awesome, but without integrity and moving, you know, that needle forward, it's, it could be a train wreck. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you're saying this because something that you and I had bonded on uh, while working together side by side was that the sales industry is so focused on numbers and results. While I get that Mm -hmm. there's, there's a missing piece and that's the health of the salesperson. Like if I'm just hammering the phones and okay, maybe, maybe lead quality might be bad. Maybe they're not answering the phone or, or whatever that case may be. If I'm killing myself, like your sales team's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Right. So we got to look out for the sales, the salesperson. Right. And, and you've 100%. said, and you've said authenticity a couple of times. So my method is connection, belief, authenticity, right? You got to connect. There's, there's many layers to connection, of course. And then I call it the three pillars of belief, right? Belief in yourself, belief in the product, and belief in the customer. And if one of those is off, so if you imagine a pie chart, or not a pie chart, a Venn diagram with right. those three things, the middle piece is alignment in your offer. So if one of those is off, you're not, you're gonna you're gonna be missing out on deals. You're gonna be missing out on impacting people's lives. And then obviously the authenticity piece because. Yeah. In this industry, and I'm sure you would agree, there's manipulation, there's <laughs> fake, there's fake people, right, right, and that's what separates you from the from them is being authentic, having the courage once again, courage, to tell people this isn't for you, right, <laughs> instead of just chasing the dollar, right. Yep, yep. I'm at hundred percent, and I love, I love, the, I mean, I, I. I love and I hate. So I love the word authenticity. I hate that it's overused um, by those that aren't authentic. You know, if you look throughout, and I just mean that generally. Um, so I love the way you're you're saying that it's part of a sequence. You know, of connecting, of really believing, um, because you do have to believe. You know, one of my favorite favorite quotes is a, a Warren Buffett quote, and it says, "In looking for people to hire, look for three qualities: integrity." intelligence and energy Mm. and if they don't have the first the other two will kill you Mm. and it's interesting i love that quote Uh, i'm sorry to interrupt you but like now now that i'm thinking about my my framework is we're very early on folks right i could sub out that that a for integrity see the cbi method like because i i'm with you on the integrity piece right and that's a missing uh component and value for you know for people and that's okay they, they, they get to work on that that's right. on them right and yeah no what's that quote again that that's really good yeah warren buffett yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. It's um, if in looking for people to hire, look for three qualities, integrity, mm. intelligence, and energy. Yes. And if yes. they don't have the first, the other two will kill you. Mm. So if they don't have integrity, but they've yeah. got intelligence and energy, like they're smart. Yeah. And yeah. they're passionate. You know, they're like, let's go. You know, me and my in that term for me, you know, I tend to be like, oh, come on, there's got to be more than just um the desire to grind, yeah, which yeah. is old school sales, right? right? That that's where I and I love that you said it when you mentioned it about the numbers game, you're like, and it's true because it is true. Sales is a numbers game, yeah. right? If you get in front of more people, you're gonna have a better chance of closing. The problem is when that became the in and of itself sales it's not right because if you take the integrity out and you've got the smarts you've got the grind you've got the passion but you don't have the integrity it's going to kill the business yeah and it's going to kill the team members who have integrity because they're watching and so if you're right. elevating somebody who shows that they have issues with integrity they're not even a bad person but they're manipulating uh, they get really close to that line, right? Mm. But their numbers are great and you elevate them. What's going to happen to the culture of your team? Yeah. What's going to happen to your retention? People are already looking for somewhere else to go. Mm. And ultimately what's going to happen, they're going to start to doubt what they're selling because if the leadership is elevating what's wrong, right? what are we actually offering then? Is what we're offering true if i'm doubting behind the scenes and and that's where you take away that belief in what you're selling yeah now you have an internal integrity issue it just it's a mess and yeah. then that's when i have leaders come to me like i i don't know what i don't know where the problem is and whenever they say that i'm like well i'm pretty sure i do yeah it's who mm. just asked me, I don't know where the, you know, who said, I don't know where the problem is. So the problem is, is leadership at that point. Uh, mm -mm. And that's so big, like celebrating someone who's doing something wrong. Yeah. Like how, how often that happens. And, and you know, maybe it's not even malicious. They don't even, maybe they just don't even realize mm. it. Maybe they're just so far above yes. or that that person's like, they're so far removed from the actual actions yeah. that they don't see it. They don't see it. I agree yeah. with that. And it used to, it used to irk me because now I'm a, I'm justice oriented. So I have to be careful because yeah. I'm like, I'm, when I look at my origin story, you know, I'm a truth teller, uh, justice oriented. And so I can immediately see something and I'm just like, whoa, like what's going on here. And I learned as a team member, I had to, I had to um, infuse grace in or I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to affect change properly. So it's like the old mantra. And I love this on Brian and, and Gab Boucher who run uh purpose mastery there in the purpose company, great people. And they always, they say what you hear often in the sales world is you got to sell people what they want to give them what they need. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the, that's the same on a team. How do I operate as a team member, give the team give the company what they want so that I can give them what, what they need. And if as a team member, you're not able to be a, an untitled leader, 
then you should never be a titled leader. Mm. If leadership is just about the title, then you're, you're not ready, right? So you should already be leading and be giving your team what they need, but really they just see you as giving them what they want. And now you're going to be able to affect change and build relationships. But, but yeah. So follow-up question, what do sales teams want and what do they need? Yeah. In your opinion. Well, I mean, look at so many of them. What do they, what do they want? More sales. money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, it's that, that's what they want um, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. They want, and they want consistency. Yeah. Right. I'm working with, uh, with a company now with a fantastic CEO. Great. His experience is, is just stellar and he's involved now in a startup. And so I'm really watching close. I'm, I'm, I'm helping him. So I'm pouring into him on the consulting side, but I'm learning so much as well. Cause I, the, the guy's just top notch. Right. And so, but he, what's he looking for then? So what does he want in his team right now? He does want sales. And of course, KPI, because he's providing incredible leads, he doesn't want them dropped. Because right now, now we've got to run a business. It's still a business. We have to respect that, right? But he wants consistency, right? So he wants people to show up and be consistent. And he wants them to admit when they don't know something, right? Ask for help. Now be there. Serve the customer. Um, this guy's like reviewing literally every call right now for his team and he's non-judgmental it, he's it's really a gift but that and that's what he wants he wants sales but he wants consistency show yeah. up even if you're if you're not hitting the numbers but you're showing up that's that he wants to see that so give him that right give him that now there's going to be areas where there needs to be improvement so what does he need? A good culture. He needs a team that knows it isn't just about making the sale, that he cares. You know, are, are they working too much? Uh, if KPRs aren't hit, don't say, hey, guys, let's just grind through the weekend. We got this. We can do this. Uh, don't be obtuse. Did they work all week? Like, did they put in the ad? Did they give you what you wanted? Now don't, don't stretch that further. So yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but there has to be that balance where the sales team can still respect what is needed, even when there are deficiencies, because now you can address those deficiencies because you're not slacking. And, and then you just look at general methods for, for influence, right? And it's teams respond better to encouragement than they do criticism. You're not hitting your numbers. You're not doing this. You screwed up in this on this question. Why do you ask that? And it's yeah. just like, am I going to want to work for that person? Am I going right. to work hard for that person? Hey, well done this week. I know you all hustled. I know you all did your best. Way to show up for yourselves. We may not have gotten the things that we wanted, but like, I just want to let you know I appreciate you. Let's hit them hard next week. Right. Who would you rather work for? Right. You know, like, right. It's, it's, it's pretty obvious when you, when you actually break it down with the two realities. And I know something for us that worked back in the day, right? It feels like years ago at this point is cutting down fewer calls a day, which was very interesting. It's like, okay, if I have seven to 10 calls, like I should be closing more. 
But when you cut that down to five, it's like my number shot up significantly, which is very interesting. Yeah. It gave you breathing room though. Yeah. It allowed for you to really discover. Yeah. The health of the, the health of the, the rep once again. Yeah. 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 And just, and just having the time to let your prospect be silent for a moment, mm -hmm. as opposed to watching the clock going, I got 15 minutes. I got a back to back on this. Like I, I don't have time to let them sit for a minute and there's no way I'm going to get through the sale. And then, and then that just creates all of those things going on inside the head where, you know, I know when they back it off, I remember some, some people were, I don't want to back off. I want to yeah. grind. Yeah. Uh, but we have to give quality to people too. Like it isn't, they are people. It's not an assembly line. Like you're talking to people who have right. lives and are going to make decisions. And so sometimes we forget who's on the other side of the call. You know, and that's why that's so the big thing for me with things that changed my life and my career when it came to serving sales as a service, right? Because at the end of the day, you're serving people, right? Like if I if I think this is going to help you, I'll offer it to you. If I don't think it's going to help you, I'm not going to offer it to you. Right. But like the 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 CBI method, because now we're switching it up now, thanks to Jim right here. Uh, <laughs> I'll uh, invoice me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I already have. Yeah, yeah. It's on the way. It's on, it's the, on way. the way. So um is that that the three pillars of belief when it comes to your offer, a an aligned offer, belief in yourself, that should be obvious, right? Uh, but you know, a lot of people have that that unworthiness wound. And that's, you know, I mean, I've I've dealt with that hand up the unworthiness. I'm not worthy of this. I'm not worthy of greatness. I'm not worthy of wealth. But it's like we overcome that. Right. Right. And then uh, the second one, belief in the product. Now, that should be pretty obvious as well. Like if you lose belief in the product, like we were kind of talking about earlier, you're not going to want to sell it or you're not going to try. You're, the energy is just going to be completely off. But that third piece, the belief in the customer, that one is what changed everything for me is because how like there's a reason why they're on the other side of the phone right and a lot of times not every time but a lot of times these folks they don't have the support whether that's in the home in the workplace so you get to be that support for them and either you could say it verbally i believe in you i believe that you can get this done or you come off with your energy and say it in so many words but having that like true heartfelt belief that they could do it, that'll change everything for you in your sales yeah. process. Yeah. Like if 100%. you're just like, and that's why I never really resonated with the the neutral tone. Yeah. I never really liked that. A lot of these sales coaches and trainers talk about neutral tone. And I just, I never cared for that. I don't know what your thoughts on that are, but I would love to hear it. Yeah. Hey, that, that's a great, that's a great point to bring up. Because I tend to be real critical of tonality training, but it is necessary. I think it's interesting that I'm critical of it, but I, I employ it naturally, which is probably why yeah. I, I don't intrinsically see the need for it. So that's selfish, right? That's a set, a selfish analysis. Oh, this stuff, what do we need this stuff for? Well, it's because I already, I do voiceover work. 
Yeah, I'm in that. I'm in that. You know, I've done acting work, and so and it's all about tonality, and it's all about being able to say things the right way. You know, like and bring right. your voice. But I, when you do it naturally, great. Well, there's some folks that don't, and they need that training because if they don't, they're going to get on a call, and they're not going to be able to convey uh, a true connection. On the flip side, when your brain is just entirely focused on. I need to have this tonality for this question. Right. And then I need to bring it down over here. And then I need to get louder here. And you look at like some scripts and I don't use, I I don't, I'm not a big fan of scripts again, but that's because I memorize them. Right. So, so I guess I am right. just inside my head. Nonetheless, when you see a script and you, and it's all in bold, you know, and, and then it's in little print or it's italicized because that means you're going to whisper here. And I'm like, I hate, I don't like that at all. And I can hear it. I was on a sales call and I could, I could hear it. Now it didn't help. I will, I got to tell you, I got on a sales call and I knew that the sales rep had gone through training that I had gone through. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I heard it only, they were literally going verbatim. Like there was no personality there. There was no them right. in it. And so I immediately knew, I knew, I knew who trained them. I knew what part of the script they were on. And so I just thought, well, let me take this as a learning experience and be gracious because it's tough when you're new. And I knew that they were new. So I was like, I'm not going to make them feel bad. Like, I know what you're doing. You know, so I, I listened. That kind of tonality didn't work. Mm. It was so fake. Yeah. I would rather somebody just get on the phone and be like, hey, Jeremy, uh, glad to be on the call with you today. How, how can I help you? What's the, what's the number one reason you're even on the call? I'd rather somebody ditch the script and start like that. Just be honest. Just be honest. Yeah. You know, and if somebody says something you don't have the answer to though, I don't, I do not have the answer to that. I can get it for you, but I, I honestly have no idea, mm. but you know, it, the, putting that answer aside though, can I ask you a question? And now you've just, you've, You've been honest and you get to move on. Yeah. Just be real. I love I love that. I love that you're saying that because um, I've gone through psychology training. I've gone through sales training. It's fascinating stuff. Yeah. And when you have this gift of connection like you and I both have, you don't even realize that you're doing this stuff. Right. And like the tone – like so uh, one of our friends and experts is, is Skip Ward. Right. And we talk often about this one and like he, you know, he was working for Tony way back in the nineties. Love that. Yeah. And so he's got a wealth of knowledge. And I guess there was the study that was done on um the, the three aspects, like the pie chart of communication and it's tone of voice, body language and words. And I guess they've been doing the study year over year, over year, over year. And then they stopped doing the study because it was just yielding the same results. Now, I can't remember the exact figures for body language and tone of voice, but it equaled 93%. So 93% of communication is nonverbal. So that might say like, okay, so tone of voice is important. But like, for me, I just would naturally match someone's tone of voice or at least right. meet them halfway. Right. Like, and someone once challenged me when I was making a sales presentation and so my method at that time, and it still, still, it still applies the same as connection, belief, and be yourself. 
So that's where I got the authenticity piece from. Right. And so I was like, so you want to match people's tone of voice. Right. And then someone challenged me because I was at, it was kind of like a spiritual type audience, you know? And she said, well, how is it being yourself? You're matching this person. And then one of my friends who's also a coach, he kind of jumped in. I was just like, basically the way I framed it was like, well, you don't want to scare them off. You're going to, if you want to serve this person, you want to be able to be, you want to be able to connect with them. Right. Like I believe in connection. I believe in unity. Like, don't you want to help the person? So if you're, if you're bubbly and they're coming in here, like, I don't know, like I'm here. Thanks for, you know, joining the call. Like, do you think if you're coming on that call bubbly, how do you think that call is going to go? Probably not great. Right. Right. So, so she challenged me saying, well, like, that's not authentic if you're matching them, their tone of voice. And then someone challenged her and said, well, are you bubbly 100% of the day? No. Right. Are you, de- are you depressed 100% of the day? No. Right. So that 30 minutes, 40, uh, 45 minutes on that phone call, you could serve them best by meeting them where they're at or at least meeting them halfway. Right. So like, that's what I learned like this through this tonality is like how often – you know, like just say, let's just say hypothetically, you're making a presentation, and seven percent of uh, communications not is uh is the words and how often we focus on those words, mm-hmm. and the way Skip put it, and I love this is like, words are like wheels on a car. You don't buy the car for the wheels, but you need them. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we can obsess over tonality and like the the italicized words and then this and that i'm like dude i'm so with you on that let's just let's just like overkill and like the ultimate goal of the script is to not have one right get to the point where you know you need structure i'm all for structure but get to the point where you don't need it you don't need it you're not relying upon it right so let me ask you this um like are there like let's just say there's five questions that you try to hit in every discovery what would those be for you yeah. Um, I don't really do it that way. So that's an interesting question. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, and I just want, I want to backtrack really quick. Cause I love, I love what you just shared. I love that you had somebody who kind of challenged you on it, right? Like, well, isn't, is that being real though? And here, here's what I find unique about that. Um, because that question was presented to you under a sales framework, so this, you know, that individual was thinking, well, on a sales call, isn't that fake? And I would say, well, if you're like out shopping and you're in a great mood and you're on an island, you see like, you see a, a, a woman just like bawling, you know, she's just crying. Are you going to go up to that person because you innately care about people? And are you going to be like, Hey, why are you crying? What's going on? No, you're going to be like, Hey, are you? are you okay? Like yeah. it's, it's natural. You're just that, that's what you're going to do. So the answer is be natural on the sales call. That's not fake to have somebody come on a sales call and be like, Hey, how's it going? It's not fake to be like, it's going good. How are you? And immediately show some concern or bring the, that voice down. Like you said, you know, I don't like mirroring for the purpose of manipulation like the that. And there it is a fine line because you'll see people, especially back in the day, like when you did door to door, I did door to door or, you know, in, in the building before the whole remote was crazy and you would mirror everything. 
right? They'd lean back, you'd lean back. Blah, blah, blah. And that worked great until you got with a high-end CEO who knew what you're doing. He's like, stop mirroring me. And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> so when, when do you use mirroring? When should you bring it down? When, when it's from an outflow of caring. I see you're uncomfortable. I don't want you to be uncomfortable. So I'm going to mirror to help you be comfortable, not, not to manipulate you into a sale, but because I'm never going to be able to help you if, if you don't feel comfortable. It's about trust, mm. right? Also, when you were talking, you used your hands a lot and, the, and, a, and a study equal to what you were stating that on these kind of calls, if you're doing like Zoom sales calls, you got to show your hands now and then. Because subconsciously, mm. people want to know, what are you doing? Like when you meet someone in person and their hands are constantly hidden behind their backs, or, it it creates a guard response just because mm. we don't know what's what's going on with your hands. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So when you just every now and then go, wow, that that's interesting. Like we have we had a leader who would do that a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. And he'd go and put his hand right here and he'd think, <laughs> and you'd immediately feel comfortable. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, wow. He's like really listening. And, and so that's important. Um, all of those things are important, but they have to be natural. Yeah. And you, you brought know. that up to me recently. If you show yeah. your hands in a photo, like, like on a, on a professional photo, right? Like then it's like, okay, this guy can be trusted. He's not hiding anything. There's no sleight of hand tricks going on. Right. And it's so yeah. funny. Cause I, I, I really like to watch people's calls. I like, that's something I really genuinely enjoy doing. And I'm like, I look at my calls. I'm like, Oh, my hands are up the, like pretty much the whole time. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I'm doing something my, my Italian relatives, you know, the Italian side of my family would be very happy to see <laughs> yeah. your hands flying the way they do. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's important, but I think ultimately, and, and, and to that person who said that to you or asked that question, like, is that fake? I think ultimately it can be, the real question is, is the person fake or do they really sure. care? In which case then it's fine because you're trying to, you're trying to, to create a, a relationship on, you know, a short time frame, and you care about people. So yeah. your tonality in that regard, tonality, so important because yes. I imagine you don't go to like a grocery store or church or wherever you go and just talk in the same, like you use tonality. Like, so do that, but make sure it's because you care. Right. And like, that, that's so true. What a great like analogy about that too. You're not going to go up there and be bubbly when someone's crying, you know? And like, yeah. that's why I like to work with big hearted people, mm -hmm. you know, that genuinely care about others. So you, you bet your ass, I'm going to meet you where you're at. You know, maybe you're in a bad mood. Like I can meet you down or we can just reschedule when you're in a better mood. Like, but, but I, I genuinely care about you. Right. So I'm going to meet you where you are. Right. Yeah. It's it's funny because, and I know we've talked about him before. He won't mind me giving him a, a shout out, but Bill Walsh, Walsh at the objection box yeah. cracks me up, right? He, yeah. And he's, he's, he's a genuine guy. Like he, he is who he is in that situation. And, and watch, I'll get a call from him saying, I wouldn't do that. But I would imagine for him, like if he sees somebody, he's going to be like, Hey, you know, are you okay? All right. Well, you need like some tissues all right cool like let's wipe those tears and get down to business all right yeah like he doesn't and what i appreciate about him is he will he will uh connect with somebody where they're at but he's not going to validate them in their self-limiting belief he's not going to validate 
what isn't going to move them forward, which sometimes can seem harsh, but his goal is to move them forward and to get to the point. Yeah. So on a sales call, we do have to be careful that we don't turn into therapists, right? Because we're not like, we can be understanding and Hey, like you said, if now's not a good time, we can reschedule this. Yeah. Uh, Or if you need like a couple minutes just to kind of pull it together and then we can move this forward, that's fine too. Right. Right. But I'm not going to take the whole 40 minute call of consoling somebody who really needs like a family member or therapist at that point. Um, So there is a, that comes with experience. I'm probably tangenting because I do that really well. Thinking of putting together a course on how to tangent. (laughs) I'm I'm a big tangent guy, (laughs) but there's, there's two things there that I wanted to touch on. And um, ultimately like the sales call, it's not a chit chat. You're not there to chit chat. There's an right. objective. Either you you don't want to do it or you do. Yeah. And we want to get to a decision. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's what it is. Yeah. It's not, it's not, and like you said, I one of my so um one of our, our former leader, right? He would always say, Don't coach. Don't coach yeah. on a sales call. You're doing yourself a disservice and that person a disservice by coaching. So I, I'm tweaking his. I'm tweaking his acronym, which would be DC. I'm, I call it CDC. Connect, don't coach. Yeah. Right? And that's yeah. the ultimate goal. You want to connect with the person and understand what their challenges are. Understand if you could even help them. And then you prescribe right. if necessary. Diagnose and prescribe. And I love that. You know, I, what I found is when I would coach more, it was really because I was insecure on the call. It was really because I didn't feel comfortable in moving to the next step. So I would default because I can coach. Yeah. I know how to coach, but that's like, you you know, that's not why, why we're there. And there's no way you can adequately coach them and properly coach them at that moment with that time frame anyway. So what are you doing? Yeah. You know, like, what are you doing? So I love that. That's a great point. And it's, it's interesting because like, like if we coach too soon, we may get it wrong, right? We may we're not still know discovering. <laughs> we're yeah. still, we're still getting to know them. So yeah. you could increase sales resistance and offend somebody. If you get whatever, if you, if you improperly diagnose, if I start coaching you five, 10 minutes into a call and they're like, no, that's not my problem at all. What the hell are you talking about? Like mm-hmm. you lose the sale right there, you know? Or if conversely, want- let's say you really nailed it. Wow, that's a great point. I'm going to try that first. Yeah. Let me try that first. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. well, no, that's the concept. Like, that's the concept. But you know, oh, that just means we're going to prolong their success. Like, we're going to make it a little bit longer for them to get where they need to be. Because now I got to wait for them to see that that's not all there is to it. But I, I just gave too much. I coached too much at that point. Um, and I've been in that for sure. Oh, that was so enlightening. I'm gonna do that. And you're like, oh, great. Yeah, that's you're, great. You're on a you're on a sales call um for not your offering and you coach somebody. He's like, oh Jim, you should be a coach here. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah, I do coach, just not here. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, it it comes down to being real right? And actually 
caring. I, I, and, you know, we're acronym people now because it's been drilled into us, right? So even in my, what I do on the leadership side, I call it the Y2T, the letter Y, the number two, the letter T. It, so it's you, yours, and them. And that's, that's how I focus with a leader. First, we got to work on you. Mm. It's you first. What's going on with you? Mindset, health, you know, skill set, whatever that is. Then yours, that's not even work yet. That's immediate. So that's family, community, church, neighborhood, what's happening between you and yours. Mm. Now we can move to them, whether that's team, prospect, or client. Because we have to know who you are, what you really believe, what you really want, what are you passionate about first. We don't figure that out after because now you're going to end up selling something you don't believe in or your mindset's going to screw with you, you know, at the worst possible time because you haven't figured out you yet. Right. And that's, that's the sequence that we go. And if you do that, you're going to be authentic. If you do that, you're going to have integrity because you you figured out what is your purpose you're going to filter everything through it mm. you know that that's what we want ultimately yeah. yeah yeah that's i love that y2t baby let's go yeah so let's let's pivot a little bit and talk about like accountability and like what you're working on now i think so like how is that going for you what are some of the most common challenges that you're seeing with people and how do we how do we get them through it yeah. And I'll, I'll kind of bring in what you asked before as well. Like what are the, the top questions and why have I deviated away from having like distinct questions? Uh, and instead I really want to just focus on who somebody is and what they need. Um, so not so much these, I don't know what, what I'm going to ask. I really just want to know what they need. Who, who are you? What do you need? right and and cut to that as quickly as i can so the same thing with accountability when it comes to accountability coaching i want to know who they are what do you need so there's like a group of clients that i will meet with in a group format every 30 days and i take really good notes so i make sure to know what what were they going to work on for the the next 30 days so we come back they know i'm going to ask they know i'm going to find like i want to find out so when I get back on that call with the group, the format I use is always give a, a bit of information first. What did I learn in the last 30 days? Uh, you know, what, what affected me on the accountability side? I'll give that little blurb to kind of get the wheels turning, to get input, because I want them to start talking. And then I shut up. I, I let them talk. I don't worry that they're going to say something that isn't right. You know, I don't worry that the, the conversation is going to go in the wrong direction because it's community. They need to feel that they can talk, right? So when it comes to accountability, it, it, end, it I've never had it end poorly, but it's because I'm really listening. Once everybody and everybody starts helping each other out, which is great because that's accountability is is fostered in community. And now I will ask them, Hey, in the last 30 days, I know you were going to work on X, Y, Z. How did that go? And if it didn't go, what do you, what do you think you needed in order to have that, you know, come to fruition? 
Uh, and they may even say, I found out I didn't need that. It's mm. awesome. Which is a teaching in and of itself. Right. That's great. But yeah. you, you move forward. Uh, you probably see on, on the bookshelf, there's a book cover with the word one on it um, behind me. Right. I love that book. I don't have stock in it. It's called The One Thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But every accountability call I'm on, I recommend that book and I teach the concept that what is the one thing that you need to accomplish, thereby once it is accomplished, it makes everything else easier and moves that needle forward. It lets you go to the next one thing. So that is often the topic on the accountability. Mm. What was your one thing? Did it change? That's okay. But are you time blocking? Are you making sure to move the one thing? And that's from Brian and Gab Boucher. Again, I'll give them another plug because they turned me on to that book which changed a lot of things for me. I love it. I, I bought the book. Is I mean, you're a raving fan. Are you sure you're not getting commission on that? I need to, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not. Get, get an affiliate code on Amazon. At least somebody that. said, do you have an affiliate link? I said, no, I don't. And that's side note. I probably should. Yeah. But I, I recommend it so much. I don't want anyone to think I'm recommending it just because. And I'm like, but you are recommending it. So get your affiliate link. But, uh, that's well, like, little sales for folks. Here's what I say about affiliate links. If you genuinely like the product and you use it and you do recommend it out of out of integrity, right? Get an affiliate link. Then get get the link. We'll it's, get, like, uh, it's a ten dollars. I'll, I'll send you a link. I want you to buy another copy. It's, it's you make a nickel on it. It's not like you're making bank. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you make a nickel. Yeah. So okay, I gotta read that book. It's great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's like, it's like you kind of get caught up. And I love what Hormozy talks about books. He's like, yeah, I skim most books and I study a few. I love that he said, you know, after he said that, it changed my book reading game. Yeah. So I, I, I love that you brought that up. It, it's, it's cause like I am of, I am one of those. Mm, no, I don't want to, I don't want to affirm that. Um, I have the challenge of starting a book, getting 75% the way through and then not finishing it. Yeah. I just like lose interest towards the end. I'm like, oh, this is, you know, or, you know, you read your data dump yourself, you read 25 books and you integrate like 2% of what you learn. Yeah. And that's yeah. a lot of us can fall in that trap because like, oh man, this is so good. What yeah. am I doing with that information? So like now my challenge right now is like, you know, I went from having the nine to five. Now I'm, I'm back um, in the entrepreneur world again. So it's like, okay, now I get to be structured. Right. So how can I stay disciplined? Um, and how do I implement more of like that masculine flow into my life so I could stay on it? Right. You know what I mean? And it's funny. Um, I'm reading, I'm encouraging my, my audience to read uh, the greatest salesman in the world. And it's such a good book. And if you do it the way the book instructs you to do it, it should take you almost a year to read it. And it's uh, it's it's a fascinating read. I encourage everybody to read that book. Um, but yep. I'll just give you a little hint. It, there's 10, 10 wise scrolls. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, it's so good. And there's 10 scrolls. And the first scroll is The Secret to Learning. And I'm not ruining anything in the book. I'll just, I'm telling you one minor part of the, the, the book. But the 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 rule is, uh, or the 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 tip is, form good habits and make yourself a slave to them. Mm -hmm. 
because the secret to, or not the secret, why people aren't successful and unfulfilled is because they're a slave to bad habits. Mm-hmm. So the recommendation in this book is to read a passage three times a day for 30 days, and then you can move on to the next scroll. So like me, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to read the whole book. I'll just read it once right. a year, you know, because it's only 111 pages. So like now it's like, okay, the concept, like I can't wrap my head around reading something three times a day, <laughs> even if it's three pages, dude. Right, right. So like, it's like read in the morning or read before lunch and then read it out loud to yourself before bed. But like when you do that 30 days in a row, you just formed a great habit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Because I read it all the way through. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm like, yeah. I read it. But it's not the same because, you know, and I used to, I used to really think like self-affirmations and like, uh, I, I used to be like, Oh, whatever, you know, come on, get serious. Uh, and, and I missed out on not utilizing that, um, earlier. Cause I mean, Hey, even, uh, you know, as a person of, of faith with a, with this, you know, I take my faith very seriously. Uh, and you could read the Psalms and you're like, they're, they're like, full of affirmations you know it's like yeah this is like why would i not think this is a good thing to do right if like you know so many great people have done it um and that book really by doing it the way you're saying is in essence three times a day you're affirming these really great truths um so important and the the, all 10 of those truths are so beautiful and Mm -hmm. so wise and will change your life if you embody those 10 truths. Yeah. And like, oh man, and the way it ends, it's just so funny because at the beginning of the, I'm not going to share what happens, but at the beginning of the book, it just went way over my head. <laughs> and then it ends so perfectly. Like right. it's such a cool book. For my listeners out there, I always say this book is, at, I'm not sure if you read these books, Jim, but this book is as if, the four agreements and the alchemist had a baby. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you've read those books, both are fantastic books. Um, and it's so, so good. And another little fun fact for my, for my fellow listeners that uh, listen to uh, green lights or read green lights by Matthew McConaughey, uh, his memoir, he said that he read this book and it inspired him to become an actor. So Isn't like, right. Hint, hint, it's not about sales for anyone that's like shying away from the sales aspect of things. Um, but yeah, really, really good book. Um, I'll drop I'll drop the link in the description and I will put an affiliate link. So I'll get a nickel <laughs> if you buy it. <laughs> awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I had I had a couple more questions. Um, if you're cool, if you're good on time. Yeah. Yep. Go for it. So okay. If you had, well, actually, you know what? Let's go back. Let's go back to the, the books. All right. So what are, what are three standout books that you've found that have moved you outside of the one thing? Well, the one thing is one of them. Yeah. One thing is definitely one of them. I love, uh, I'll, I'm going to couple this together as one other option, but it's two other books. <laughs> and uh, I love the gap in the gain. Mm, That's yeah. Dan Sullivan and Ben Hardy. It's an, it's an easy read. But I cannot tell you how often I, I have used what I've learned in that book to help others and to remind myself 
especially during difficult times or when things don't work out quite the way that I want them to, how to measure, you know, in the gain and not the gap. Um, so a, that's definitely one of them. There's also a podcast Dan Sullivan and Ben Hardy did. It's like four episodes when they were launching the book. So it's, it's just, a, I'm pretty sure it's just four episodes. It's great. Really, really good. And then also Ben Hardy wrote uh, personality isn't permanent. Mm. And that was a game changer for me. Really? So yeah, that, that was one of the catalysts early on that allowed for me to move in the direction that I'm where I find myself now. Um, and it is because I'm a truth teller and I'm justice oriented and I can be very pointed in that regard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I had to read this book because he really makes the point that sometimes we default to, well, that's just my personality mm. and it's an excuse. Uh, you, you know, it's like when people say, um, I just say what's on my mind. That's just the way I am. It's just the way uh, I am. I was waiting for that. Yeah. Okay. That's like when a business owner or leader ever tells me, well, that's just the way we've always done it. Oh my goodness. You want the bells to go off and cannons to start shooting and me just go, mm. so we have to change then. Like, if you tell me that, I know we have to change things. So if I tell myself that mentally, well, that's just the way I've I've always been, or that's just what I always say, or how I always respond. Mm, it's time to change then, isn't it? So I loved that book. I recommend it to everybody. I'll have to get an affiliate link, but uh, it's a great book. Uh, so The Gap in the Gain, Ben Hardy, Dan Sullivan, and Personality Isn't Permanent, uh, Ben Hardy. And then I love Atomic Habits. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah, James Clear. Um yeah, I, I love that. I have it. It's like right there. I have key books that I just keep up, even if I'm not reading, that remind me that I read them. So off to my right, I have this little like tiny little bookshelf thing that I keep on my desk, and it's got Atomic Habits. The greatest salesman in the world is there uh, as well. Um, and then this book, uh, which is really cool. I reached out to the author on LinkedIn. He's a really nice guy. Um, he and uh, and a ghostwriter named Alyssa Bowman. His name is Jonathan Albert, and it's Be Fearless. Mm. It's a really good book. Okay, um, it's Be Fearless, Change Your Life in Twenty Eight Days. I love those little subtitles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they'll always, you know, I'm like, oh, really? Well, let me tell you. But I take it seriously. Like, if there's things to be done or tasks or questions to be answered, I will do it. And uh, I keep this because i was afraid of of this is even before i read personalities and permanent i was just afraid of making some changes mm. like can i really do it this book was great it was what i needed so mm. be fearless but love that yeah thanks for sharing i'll drop all those in the, in the description box if anyone wants to buy <laughs> nice <laughs> no, Jeremy, no. how'd you get to maui <laughs> <laughs> i put together some affiliate links yeah no no i get to buy them too though Okay. Um, awesome. Awesome. So a couple more questions here. Um, if you had a megaphone that could reach everybody in the world right now, what would you tell them? Oh man. What would I tell them? That's a really interesting question because you know, and, and, and how, how long, how long can I, Shout on the megaphone. <laughs> How long do you got? 
<laughs> is it just like a statement? Uh, yeah, like like so. We're not we're not talking Sermon on the Mount here, you know. I know, right? <laughs> Hello, world. Please take a seat. 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 Listen, <laughs> listen to Jeremy's show. Yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, I see where we're going. Yeah, you know what? I think that if I was going to keep it concise, and this is so funny, this shows you how my mind works as a as a writer and a and a creative. I'm immediately. You said that, and I immediately thought of the old Seuss story, Horton Hears a Who. Right, uh, you, you lost me. <laughs> oh man! All right, so you got to you got to check that out. Horton Hears a Who, and it's really just a you know about this this character who looks like an elephant, but anyway, he's really really large. Um, and he has no idea that on this dandelion that he's picked, there's actually a whole world mm. on this on this dandelion. He can't hear them. You know, he, he doesn't know. And they're trying. And they're like, we've we've got to make sure that he knows we're here. You know, the whole world's our world's gonna die. And so, um, it was just. It's a great story. Anyway, shows you how my mind works. I'm like, Horton, here's a who. So, what would I say if if the whole world could hear me? Yeah. And it's just simply. I would want everyone to know there's more mm. there's, there's more. So if you're alone, you, there, there's, there's more, if you think you're insignificant, there's, there's more like, don't believe that lie, you know? And I don't mean there's more like you shouldn't be content. That's a different, you know, that's, that's usually from a comparison factor or not being grateful. That's not what I mean. Uh, like you should be happy if, you, if you're in humble circumstances and you're you're absolutely happy and content man revel in that like you don't need to change just because somebody says you should have this or that but i mean there's more in value like who you are that there's more than you think you're affecting lives more than you think mm. um so if there was a way to at least get that message out there um you know, I, I would love that. I would love for people to reach out in community um, because there's more because, and, and together we rise, you know, if we could support one another, um, what could every, everybody could achieve such great things, even if they're never heralded, like they're never going to have their name in lights uh, or get an award or have somebody think they're just the most, you know, look at this person, they're great, but they could affect more change than anybody who has those accolades and that's true quick thing my, my son asked me who do you think's the best guitar player in the world he's he's learned electric guitar he's doing great and he's like who do you think's the, like the greatest guitarist and i said buddy i don't think we know that person's name right and yeah. he's like what do you mean i agree and i said we know the we know famous people or noteworthy people but i bet you the greatest guitarist is probably like some older gentleman who works his butt off and he's like in Mexico or around the globe and we'll never know him. And yeah. he just loves to play, man. He gets out, looks out at the sea and just goes to town. And everyone's yeah. like, man, you should do something with that. And he's like, I am doing something with it right now. Mm. That's probably the greatest guitarist, you know? Mm. So we have to remember that the, the prospects that we talk to may be insignificant on the out, outward. We have no idea, though. We could be talking to the greatest whatever who ever lived. 
So give him your all, like give him, be, be real, be genuine, be kind because that person's got value. You'll never really understand even in, even if you help them. So it all comes back to the same thing, you know, value, integrity, honesty, communication. Mm, I love that. And I agree. I agree with you a hundred percent. We don't know the best singer in the world. We don't know the best guitar singer in the world. And that's okay. You kind of just reminded me of like, there's a story of a fisherman. I'm probably going to butcher this story, <laughs> but uh, there's a fisherman who's great. Like at what he does, he he's out there. He's just very lucky. He catches all the fish. He just hangs out. He fishes all day. And then like a relative comes down. He's like, Hey, have you ever thought about like starting like a fishing shop? You know? And he's like, okay, yeah. Then what? He's like, well, you could sell fish. Okay. Then what? Oh, then you could train fishermen to, to sell, to, to fish for you. Okay. Then what? And then you could just do what you love for the rest of your life. He's like, well, I do. Lo- I do that now. Right. What do you do that for? Right. You know, you're going to take me away from doing what I love so I can get back to doing what I love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. yeah that's, I, and I would say in that, that's a great story, by the way. And if you butchered it, oh, well, I'd never heard it. So, uh, I think it's great. I'll hear it from someone else and be like, that's not how it goes. Jeremy says it differently. <laughs> you get the point though. Yeah. But I get the point. And I think, well, so what, what would be a great, what would be his next step? Like, let's take that guy, for example, what would be a natural next move? Mentorship. He gets to still fish, but now he gets to share the fishing, but he's still doing it. It's not as grand. And that's one big thing when, when I'm talking with leaders and for accountability, it's mentorship training like if you look at like on linkedin my banner is is be mentored be mentoring um or be mentored mentor and be mentoring so um you know you want to be the mentor but you've got to be mentored as well or what's the point like what's the point so whether it's that fisherman you're just taking one other person out on the boat now and then yeah showing them the ropes yeah. You know, this is how you do it. Or that guitarist every now and then some little kid comes with his tiny little guitar and he's awful, but you know, he'll teach him a little bit. And the next thing you know, 30 years down the road, there there's somebody else playing the guitar magnificently looking out at the sea. So yeah, don't take people away from what they love, but share what you love with mm. even one other person. Yeah. And treat your sales call like a mentorship call. Mm. You're not going to force somebody to do something they don't want to do if you really care. Right. But you can pour into them and inspire them. You know, it really, it all does come back to the, the essence of caring about people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm loving how we're wrapping up this episode, by the way. I have one more question for you. Okay. If you could have dinner with anybody in history, who would it be? Well, I mean, that's a, in, in for sales purposes or just in general, like anybody, anybody. Yeah. Oh, I mean, as a, as a person of faith, that'd be like, how could I not be like, Hey, so Jesus, I hear you like bread, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So, but that's all, but it's funny because immediately I'm like, Ooh, like, do I feel slightly convicted by that? Would I be like, hey, let's have dinner, but like, sorry. 
<laughs> just so you know, I've had many people be like, well, the obvious answer is Jesus. You know, I could have dinner with him any night I want. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And then you'll get those answers. I already do. You I'm going like, to have dinner with him when I die. I've heard that one before. That, that's fantastic. But that is if I could today. Um, there's so many. I mean, that would just be like, I think honestly now, because now I'm on the, I'm on the, the idea of biblical characters and things like that. I would love, there's two, there's two people, there's more than two people. I'm going to just give you a whole list and we'll be here for an hour, but I would love to sit down with Joseph because mm -hmm. I, and, and here's why oftentimes when I'm going through difficulty, I think about like the fact that here's, here's this guy, you know, he has a bit of ego because daddy loves him. Right. And he shows off in front of his brothers, like daddy loves me. And they're like, forget you, you know, <laughs> throw him in a pit, sell him off to slavery. And he ends up in prison. Right. And all these years he's, he's in, in prison unjustly, and then ends up at this top leadership position and is responsible for saving an untold amount of lives. So I look yeah. at that, this entire thing. And when I'm down in difficult, you know, in difficult circumstances or situations, and, and I will often be like, well, I guess I'm in my Joseph prison. And I always think, yeah, but I'm really complaining about it. <laughs> and the word on the street is that he didn't. So why would I want to talk with him? I want to know. I want more details about when you were in prison, mm. the doubts you went through, mm. you know, the discouragement, what you really thought, because yeah. we have this idealistic view when we look at anybody from history, any, any story. Right. Oh, they were such a strong, like, oh, they must have been amazing. Yeah. And I imagine really sitting down with them, they'd be like, oh, dude, now I was complaining like every day. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, 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 it's yeah. a miracle I even made it out. Right. You know, one of the best uh, commentary writers, uh, book, you know, this, this author is Charles Spurgeon. And what I didn't know for so long as he seriously battled with depression, I didn't know that. I didn't, I had no idea. So here's this guy wrote all of these books, you know, pastors, you throw his quotes out all the time. And this guy battled with severe depression back in the day when that would have been considered like, Hey man, buck up. Mm. You're, you're a man, get out there and do your, do your job. Um, just knowing that when I read his stuff now, it means so much more to me. Mm. So knowing when you ask that question, I'd want to talk with people because I want to know, like, who are you really, like, what was really going on? Mm, I because, love that. Yeah. And that, that'd be the same for like, for you, right? Like, I want to know, all right, Jeremy, what's, what's really going on now when I go through your sales training, I'm going to really listen because, and I know you, so I know you actually know what it's like to come up through the ranks. You actually know what it's like to, to really plug in and go, Oh, now I get it and do like incredibly well. So I'm going to listen because mm. I know that. So I would say we should never hide that story. Act like the person in history who gets a chance to come back and just tell a little bit more of the, of the gritty details. Now people are going to listen more, but and, that's a, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Please finish. I was going to say some, you know, a stupid uh, gym humor because I think I'm funny. So I probably would have ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I was going to say is I, the answer I tend to fall back on for that is Marcus Aurelius. 
right? The Roman emperor, the emperor, the stoic, right? Like who just had this unwavering discipline when he was literally like the king of the world, basically, who just lived a modest life, who was, like I said, disciplined, rooted in his faith, rooted in his practices, and didn't let power interrupt that. Mm-hmm. Could have whatever he wants, but he's living this way. He chose to sleep on the floor at times to, to experience suffering, right? Like, I want to get in the mind of someone who's just so disciplined. Yeah. And just see what is going on in his head. Yeah. Because how many people yeah. lack discipline in this world? Like 95% of the population. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Like, and imagine you are literally king of the world and having discipline. That's right. impressive. That is. That was that was a topic of an accountability call. We were talking about adaptability versus self-discipline. Mm. And what the word, and it's so funny, the word that really resonated with the clients, they didn't necessarily like self-discipline, which is is because it seemed like uh, coming down on them. The word resolute, however, they loved, which I thought was really unique. Mm, it taught, you know, semantics anyway, like and how we approach words and our history and all this, but to be resolute is that's how I imagine the Stoics. They were like, no, this is what I'm going to do. Therefore I'm doing it. Like I, I'm not, it's, I'm not going to question it now a matter of, can I, can I do it? Am I strong enough to do it? I, then this is what I'm going to like. I'm resolute. Right. Um, and reading up on the Stoics is fantastic because they weren't without emotion. Right. They just weren't ruled by emotion. That's, they were the master of their emotions. Right. Greatest salesman. They didn't know? deny it, but yeah, exactly. And they, so like the another way, like resolute's good. Temperance. Like yeah, there's a, there's a, a number of different ways you could say disciplined. Right. Right. Go with whatever jives with you. Yeah, you know but just, I mean? just do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who so. was it? I love that speech of just do it. I forget his name right now. But if you've never seen that, I'll have to find it. But it, it was his answer to anything. But I don't I don't have enough. I don't have enough time. Okay, just do it. I don't have enough money. Oh, I understand. Just do it. It was yeah. like before Nike did <laughs> before it was their slogan. They probably stole right. from him. But anyway. Uh, you know, to be resolute, I love that as a great example of of who to interview. Yeah, I guess the podcast guy would know who best to interview. Shocker! <laughs> I, I, I chose wisely with you. So, Jim, thanks so much uh, for 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 being here. Um, really, really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, so have I. And hey, we may not know who the best speaker is in the whole world, but between the two of us, we do. Right. We know who's got the best voice. Yeah, it's obvious. I don't think we need to say who. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. It's obvious. Yeah. Excellent. (laughs) Thanks for the opportunity. It was great talking. Yeah, Jim, thank you. And you have a blessed rest of your day. Okay. You as well. What an awesome episode with Jim. So grateful he was able to come on the show. And listen, what I love about this is just talking about sales. Because like I said, I shied away from sales for a long time. But these skills, even if you're not in that quote unquote industry, these skills apply to everyday situations because the the reality is this, you're selling yourself every single day, no matter what, in every situation. So with these skills, these tactics, however you wanna look at it, we're just trying to connect with others. And I think we would all agree that a united world is a better world, right? So 
matching someone's tonality, getting people to, to dig into their life by asking thought-provoking questions, by actually genuinely caring and being quote-unquote authentic, having integrity, is only gonna get you further in life. And yeah, I just love this. I'm so grateful Jim was able to come on because I feel like he is a standout in the sales department and as a leader, and it's good learning from someone like Jim. So thank you, Jim, for sh coming on here and sharing your wisdom. Next up on the show is Leo Waltman. He was a fellow speaker that joined me in Tulum, Mexico, and he is a eight-figure entrepreneur and business consultant, so you're not gonna wanna miss a minute of that episode. Intro and outro music are by Bureaucratic. You could check out the link in the description box to support him. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, and please leave a review when you feel called to do so. And once again, the only time is right now. So thank you for using your right now by being here with me and Jim. Drive safe.